Broadcasting live from State Street and the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. A good karma brand's radio station. Happy hump day. It's Carmen and York. And off we go live in the old National Bank State Street studio. Hit us up on Twitch, everybody. You can join the chat there, twitch.tv, or download the Twitch app. Search ESPN 1000 Chicago. Of course, you got the old-fashioned way. Just pick up the phone and dial. Let us know your thoughts. 312-332-3776. Let's see. We got Twitter, at Yurko64. That, uh, that's Yurko with the J and the number 64. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. I mean, there's a lot of ways, kid. A lot oh, of, ton of ways. A ton of ways, Get Carmen. interactive with us. I'm excited, man. On this Wednesday. Black and Abdallah are here. They're also going to be on tonight, 6 until 8. Oh, God. What did Black say last night? He had me rolling for a little bit. Oh, I don't know. Uh, what did he the, say? Yeah, the, <laughs> when Black said, can I ask a question? Uh, is there really an internal fight at this radio station over who's going <laughs> to own Jack Sanborn right now? And I'm like, that was pretty funny. Yeah, you guys hear that, like, too? The Waddle and Sylvie show and uh, the Cap and Jay Hood well, show. Like, are they really fighting over Jack? He's a great story. Jack, I love it. Yeah, but, like, we're Sanborn. fighting over Jack Sanborn? Oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> That's a fight Carmen and I went, oh, dang, okay. But you guys, yourselves. go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Settle it up, fellas. Go ahead. Settle the it four up. of us are in the middle going, all right, we'll yeah, watch. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I go love ahead. Jack Sanborn, but I'm like, I don't think we need to fight over it. going to walk in with the pool cue, snap it in half, and go figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, right? Figure it out. To the death. Yeah. Whoever bleeds out loses. Well, the best was Cap saying yeah! to, to Shane, we better get sh- uh, Sanborn or else. Or else, like, or else what? Or else, else I'm going to go else. home and or I'm going to cry. Are they, are they doing like the Channel 4 News team versus... Uh, Essentially. B- PBS and uh, Spanish language news and West Mantooth. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Are they going to go in the back in the alley and Cap- are they going to have a no. grenade fight? You or? know those ratings are subjective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I think you had the wrong movie. No, that's I no. Oh, I think oh, you oh. you've drawn a comparison to the wrong What's movie. The, movie I should be the comparison you need is Dodgeball. He's White Goodman. <laughs> that's who he is. Nobody right there. Nobody makes Cap bleed his own blood. <laughs> that's no right. one. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah. I was uh, book my own guest. That was funny, man. So yes, Black and Abdallah <laughs> will be back with funny stuff tonight after Waddle and Sylvie from six until eight. So that's we got the local movie. programming for the rest of the day. Yes, that's the movie. Good Dodgeball. call, Yurko. Dodgeball. We're here to talk Bears. Week 11 in the NFL, we're going to get an injury update and just talk more about uh, what happened Sunday in the matchup this week and the direction of this team the rest of the year with Courtney Cronin in 30 minutes. Um, we'll maybe sneak in, uh, you know, Bulls have a game tonight on the road against the Pels who play the second of a back-to-back. Uh, some baseball free agency stuff starting to heat up a little bit. There's some rumors connecting the Cubs to Carlos Correa, kind of interesting. But lots of Bears, lots of NFL. And I think they continue to sort of, straddle this fine line of like we want to build some confidence and success within the players that we believe in the players that are going to be here going forward i don't know how many players that is to be honest is that 20 players 20 you know 25 max like you're going says you're probably changing over half your roster anyway every year or close to it i don't know how many players that is we might be talking about 15 players they're young draft picks and some of the second-year guys that they really believe in. Like, how many guys are truly part of this organization when they're good again? Even if that's as soon as next year. If it's 15 or 20 guys, like, how do you build some confidence amongst those guys while at the same time 
trying to put yourself in a position where you can help your rebuild by getting a good draft pick next year, by having a lot of money to spend in free agency. They've already checked that box by trading guys away. So I think it's this interesting line they continue to straddle, York. Like they're you're trying to serve both masters sort of that gets tough. I think it's tough for fans. You know, su- Sunday's game left a lot of us with a little bit of a weird feeling. You not as much. You're definitive. Um, yeah, the Bears should have won when it was over. I'm like, how do you blow a two-touchdown lead to the Lions? But within the hour, I was like, well, they're picking six next year. So it's a very right. weird push and pull right now, I think, well, for fans I think and the else. difference is I know the improvement's coming with the quarterback. I could see the improvement's coming with the quarterback. And then, you know, what are your next steps of improvement? That's what I start looking for. All right, I've seen some improvement. Now it's time to take a next step improvement. Does winning belong with a little bit of that improvement? Probably. Yeah. I mean, so so part of this process with him improving is that the offense is a lot better and it's scoring some more touchdowns. It's a little bit more productive in the red zone. Fantastic. That's great. Now I need a little bit more improvement the next half, say the second half of the season, whatever portion of the season this is. They have seven games left. Seven games left. Seven games left. All right. Now I'd like to see a couple of victories here. You know, nobody thought Washington was beat the living H out of uh, Philadelphia, but they did. Yeah, right? they did, man. Hey, Washington was a team that you were manhandling. And mm-hmm. what happened? Nothing. Okay? So here comes Washington, and Chico Rivera's in a different situation. He's got to find a way to win. Okay? But they're playing yeah. with a quarterback who wasn't their quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Backup mostly. They're doing it with a backup quarterback. They won't even commit to benching him now that Wentz is getting healthier. You can't. You can't. You'll have a mutiny in the locker room. You realize it's not like Carson Wentz has ever done anything for the Washington Redskins or any of those players. So, so Tampa, by virtue of just the tiebreakers right now, at five and five is the seventh seed. Right, Washington's five and five. Yes, that team's like squarely in the hunt. Oddly. Squarely in the hunt. All they those mi- teams that are and in the Chase hunt. Chase Young's coming back. Shockingly enough, have found a way to beat the the uh, Chicago Bears. Yeah, right. And Chase Young's coming back. Yep. You know the Bears are dead last in the conference right now by virtue of the tiebreakers. 16th in the conference. 16th in the conference. Yes, Bears right are 16th. Now, yep. Which has got a pretty good pick for them then. Sixth pick right now. So there's five worst teams in the AFC. Well, that might have changed. Hold on. Yeah, because, I was you know say. why? Well, no, it probably didn't because Washington would have been ahead of them anyway. Here, let me get the uh, latest. Hold well, on. Well, Washington is ahead of the Bears. That's not it. I'm talking right, about right, the, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, don't, I bet it didn't change. Right. Worst in the NFC, but there's five worst AFC teams. Then the Bears for the Bears would be picking fifth. Uh, unless, unless for some reason, if .com is not putting the tiebreakers in here, they normally do. They've got the Bears. Here's the crew at three and seven. You ready? Yeah. The Panthers, the Saints, the Bears. The way they have it listed, I'm assuming they've put the tiebreakers in to give you where the standings currently, you know, what they currently represent. Right. And it could be because the Bears, I'll tell you why the Bears are last in the conference. You want to know why? They're one and six in the conference. Yeah, that's why they would be last. They're last. Yeah. New Orleans is two and four. Carolina's three and five. The right. Bears are dead last in the conference. So to answer your other question, Yurko, did anything change after the Monday nighter? And it probably did. And about AFC. I'm not worried about the Monday nighter. It was all NFC teams, all with better records than oh, the yeah, Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I'm worrying about, I was God, they're five worst NFC teams? That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm wondering. Are there five worst AFC teams? And the answer would obviously have to be yes. Let's see. Uh, Houston, one and seven. Yes. Vegas. Vegas, two and seven. Yes. Jags, three and seven. How do you start doing the tiebreakers across the divisions? Denver's three and six. They're not. Yeah. And then there's another one. Denver doesn't have its pick. Cleveland's three and six, three and six. 
But that's why I'm saying after the buys, we'll go back and we'll assess and we'll take a look and see exactly where the Bears are. Yeah. And again, they don't need a quarterback, but they can use that position for somebody that wants to trade up for a quarterback and finally fleece another team as opposed to being fleeced themselves. Yeah. So uh, the Bears are going to have a high pick probably at this rate, and uh, now it's just like how much do you want them to keep that and when would you like to still at least enjoy a Sunday where they actually win a game? They've got a very winnable game on Sunday uh, in Atlanta. They, they have a winnable game, dare I say, maybe not as much. I think the Jets uh, are... The Jets are going to be a feisty opponent at home. I think the Jets can really play defense. Uh, I think Robert Salah's got that team believing a little bit too, York, after his early season rant, you know, about uh, he kind of pulled like a a Clay Thompson. He pulled the Warriors. He's like, we're taking receipts. But that team has seemingly responded for him. Uh, That's going to be a tougher game than I think anybody would have imagined going in there next week. That's a team that's got some talent on both sides of the ball and really has some talent on defense. Yeah, J-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, yeah. Your question is, do, do, do all four teams in the AFC East make the playoffs? In the AFC East? AFC East. I'm going to say the Patriots miss the playoffs. Okay, but right now they're tied for the seventh spot. Yeah. With two other teams being San Diego, I believe, and the Cincinnati Bengals. I think you're right. Yeah, they're all five and four. Right, yeah. all three at five and four. What's their conference record? Oh, the Bengals have the worst conference record right now. So, so they'd, they'd be out. They'd be out. The Bengals would be the one that's out, and then who's the other one? Uh, Chargers. Chargers four are 4 two. 2. It's the identical. Yeah. Identical. And I don't know if they go to division record after that, but or head to head. It would be head to head, right? If they somehow I, play head to head. I think head to head's the first, and then they yeah. go outside the realm into like conference, conference and yeah. division records and things you. like that. Yeah. Um, so if you want to talk Bears with us today, ring us up. You know, the Justin Fields conversation continues to be a fascinating one. I mean, he's sort of a fascinating player right now. He's very much becoming can't miss TV. He still has a long way to go as a pocket passer. Uh, it's it, it's hard to really. I, I don't know if I want to say totally buy in, but I mean because I'm I'm believing in the kid's talent. I think he he's got the potential to be really right. good. It's hard to like be a total believer though in uh, any sort of long term sustained success when you're throwing for 120 yards a game. You really can't do that and win in this league. Not anymore. It's just, uh, you just can't. You can't complete two balls for 13 yards in the fourth quarter when you need points and expect to win. You can't be an offense that, that can't average 130 passing yards a game and expect to win. Can't do it. I, I don't care how good your quarterback runs the football. First of all, a couple things are going to happen. At some point, a team will definitively take it away and your quarterback's going to get seriously hurt if he's not careful and if you're not careful. So you we you can't throw for 128 yards when a game and expect to win. they want to stop the quarterback from running, they can. Yeah. Hey, they can come in there with a, a, a vanilla game plan, come in there and, okay, dare your quarterback to go ahead and run the ball all day and beat us that way. And if he is, once we get to the fourth quarter in those key possessions at the end of the game, now we're not going to allow that to happen. That's easier to stop than a guy that can gunsling the ball all over the place. We're on the verge of seeing that, don't you think? Yeah. You're, maybe not with Atlanta because Atlanta's rush defense is terrible. But at some point, aren't we going to come across a team and a coaching staff that has now got a month's worth of tape on Justin Fields and, they've, and they're going to go, no, we're what, not going to let it happen what they're and we do, will definitively right, stop it. What him. they're going to do is say, hey, we're heading to the playoffs. We've got to win this game. I do not want to give this team any life whatsoever coming out of the box. And we will frustrate the living age out of it. And I think the more, the, the more success Justin Fields, he's not, not unlike a lot of players, the more success you have early in the game, the more confidence you start to build. 
mm. the more confidence you start to build, the, the better you start playing overall. Whereas if you see that from the outside looking in, then what you tell yourself is, aha, no, I'm going to crush him early. I'm going to get on him early, and I'm going to have him down on himself, and then have him try to fight out of being down on himself early on. I won't give him that early success where he can build confidence, build confidence, build confidence. I'm coming after him. I'm shutting him down. I'm going to frustrate him. I'm going to bring blitzes off the corners. The thing that's made him good is when it looks like he's trapped and it looks like he's going to give up a sack, he finds a way to reverse pivot out, and the next thing you know, he's gaining positive yardage. And that, that, that is a very frustrating thing for defenses to have to play against. Might not be this week again because the, the matchup could be good for the Bears. Atlanta's rush defense is 28th in expected points. Uh, the defense uh, just as a whole has not been very good. They've had some key injuries, including A.J. Terrell. But they've got the lowest pressure percentage in the NFL. They've got the second fewest number of sacks in the NFL. The Bears, we know, don't pressure the quarterback very well. They only have two more sacks as a team than the Atlanta Falcons uh, uh, do. Uh, the Bears don't stop to run very well. We could go over the 50 here, York. Uh, was it four straight overs, I believe, now for the Bears? We could be looking at a fifth. And the overs are starting to go up. You know what the over is for the Bears game? Uh, it wasn't too long ago they were 42. 49 and a half. It's 50. 50. Good call. Yeah. wasn't too long ago they were 41s and 42s painted across the board, and now we're looking at 50 this week in Atlanta. Good, you know, fast surface, climate controlled. Mariota and that rush you, offense, Fields yeah, and his rush got a offense. Bears defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody for one reason or another Neither after having team. some success earlier in the year, at least adjusting in the second quarter to help stymie some football teams. Neither team could see another uh, offensive explosion this week. Well, weekend. it didn't look that way 10 10 at half. That's true. I mean, you're seven minutes into the third quarter and it's still 10 10. You're scratching your head if you're an over better. Yeah. And then things went crazy. But then it went crazy. The fourth quarter went crazy and we could see another over coming up this weekend. Uh, in Atlanta with these two teams and these two defenses. 312-332-3776. You can talk Bears with us. Ring us up. Get an update from Hallison, like 15 or 20 with Courtney Cronin. I'll tell you what Eberflus said about uh, the Khalil Herbert injury. That's unfortunate, as we were singing his praises, as we often do earlier this week. Uh, at least four games now where Khalil Herbert's going to be shut down as they had to put him on IR. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Back to work Wednesday for the Bears. Probably practicing in the dome today, Yurko, with this weather. We'll talk to Courtney Cronin in like 15 minutes. Bears go to Atlanta in week 11. Let's go to Flex in Minneapolis who wants to talk Bears. What's up, Flex? Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Hey, look, man, we got to start showing Kevin Jenkins some love, man. Look, this guy just came off a major back surgery. And if anybody had a back spasm, know what it'll do to bring tears to your eyes. He was talking about in training and minicamp, oh, we need to get rid of this guy. Showed up in the first three preseason games, moving his assignments three or four yards off the line of scrimmage. Now he's doing it to number one. Let me ask you this. When the last time you heard his number called? 76. Uh, no, we can't. Let's see. Uh, well, one. He, he, I, I, Flex, you didn't no. hear it in the last game because he didn't play. Oh, well, he played in a Dolphin game because right. his back was still hurt. 100% did. He played in the Dolphins he game. Sure he played did. every game previous to that. I'm just saying the last game he was out because of an injury. So we didn't hear him in that game. It's, yeah. How do you know well, his no, back I'm is hurt? Well, that was the thing that kept him I'm... out. Yeah, I got you, Flex. Hey, He's been wonderful. Hey, 
He's been a right guard. He's been a stud. I think everybody's been pretty complimentary of what they've done. But what But what does he do somewhere, uh, you know, what does he do in the locker room? What does he do uh, on the field? What does he do in private one-on-one meetings with coaches that they they were substituting him early in the year? They were bringing him in uh, and out. There's something something that somebody's got a problem with, with the way that he acts one way or the other, not being related to football, the actual player on the field. There's got to be something with him. Because he's ruffled some feathers up there. But what is he there for to play football? He and is. this kid is still yes. essentially a rookie. Yeah. Think about it. He's still a rookie. Look what he's doing, man. I mean, look, I'll take five Kevin Campbell, Kevin Jenkins rookies now, knowing next year that this guy's going to got number upside. No, listen, but I, I, I agree with him. I agree with him. He's a hell of a player. But no, at the beginning of training camp, he didn't want to participate. There was a lot of cries for him to get to hell, but gone. that was like twelve weeks ago. That, yes, fourteen it a, weeks. It was ago. a long time ago. But they were and still then, hard, and They were still subbing him out in the first four weeks. No. Yeah, still, yeah, but they yeah, were yeah, that's true. That's true. When they had enough healthy bodies, they were going to start Schofield for heaven's sake in front of them. I kind of feel or like, even um, worse, Lucas Patrick. I kind of feel like everybody's come around on Tevin Jenkins. Well, the last two three weeks only, and, and again, nobody mentioned him anyway. Yeah, about the last three weeks, Carm. Uh, and I hope his back's not bothering him still. Uh, that's I'd not what landed him uh, on the third week uh, October. Report. Third week October is when they came around on Tevin Jenkins. Oh, all right, that's right. a month ago. I mean, yeah, one third week. I mean, it's um, three weeks ago actually. Three weeks ago. Yeah. All right. Uh, it wasn't a back injury that landed him on the inactive. What's he on the inactive? He had a hip injury last week, so yeah. I hope his back's not Wait, bothering. What's the hip bone connected to the back? Yeah, uh, bone. Elbow bone? Uh, oh no, no, that'd be weird. No, it's the back bone. The hip is connected <laughs> to the back. Arm. You don't think his back's bothering him, do you? I hope. Well, not. I don't know. Could be shooting out there. You never know. I think Tevin Jenkins has been a nice revelation. Yeah, I right. But I at mean, the beginning of the season, there were question marks. There were criticisms. He was getting rotated in, and now what has he done? He's proven on the field. That he's one hell of an offensive right guard. I guess to everyone's credit. PFF he, said it. Oh, yeah. They, they, I mean, they gave I him think, the third think, best rating uh, the think, last month. I think PFF's full of crap, but I know that means something to you. I, I mean, I know it's it's not the end-all be-all, but I, you can look yeah. at their grades and say, hey, you get into kind of an idea. They like Listen, it. guess who the number one graded guard is in PFF's uh, uh, report? It, Will Shields. The, the best guard in football. Not Will Shields? So but, it's not that much. It's like people are like, well, Brian I don't have Nelson? to look at OPS, really. Maybe look at like the best player. Like, tell me the five best have? players of all time. Joel Batonio. Yeah. He's the, the best guard Cleveland. in football. The kid from Cleveland. Yes. Okay. I got Guess you. who's got the best grade? Joel Batonio. Who's got the third best grade? So, like, everybody, like, if I, one of the angry callers who wants to rail against OPS, like, okay, name me the five best players of all time. They'll name Ted Williams, Mickey Mabla. They're the five best players in the history of baseball and OPS. Like yes. it's, it kind of makes sense, folks. It correlates. Yeah, it's correlation. There's a pretty, there's a pretty good correlation. I got you, Carl. So the PFF grades can sometimes up. be a little useful. Let's talk. But I, I think, I think Tevin has been uh, again to his credit and to the organization's credit. Uh, well, they to, have found the, a way to make right. it work. To Flex's point was there were a lot of people that were on him early in the oh, year. Okay, well, right. I mean, look, the Bears were trying to trade him, but uh, they, yes. they've all they come got together to make it work. They got lucky they didn't trade him. Yeah, maybe they did, but he's, I just he's a, he's a people mover. Uh, I think that you can give credit to both sides here and say the player and the organization did the right thing, and they're 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 getting the most out of him, and he's he's without question played very well. Tim's in Midlothian on ESPN One Thousand. What's up, Tim? What's going on, boys? Just want to say uh, I, I'm not being argumentative when I say this, Carm. I just want like an honest uh, discussion with uh, you guys because I respect your football opinions. But with the Bears putting up thirty points a game. 
what does it really matter if he's throwing for 150 or 200 or 300 yards if the points are going in and it's because well, of the offense? Okay. Uh, that's I, fair. I would just say yeah. it's not sustainable this way, Tim. I okay. would put it that way. Yeah, that's yeah. all I would say. Right? Oh, I agree there, yeah. and especially with him running so much. I don't want to. I thought he uh, almost got killed when he went in the end zone last that's week. The, that's the fear, exactly. And, and, and the yeah. quality teams, the best teams in the league, can score when they have to. Mm. Agreed. And yeah. this Agreed. team, this team, when it has to score, has mm-hmm. found a way to struggle a little bit. Yeah. I mean, okay. they've moved the ball. Remember early on they moved the ball, but then they couldn't yeah. punch it in. Yeah. All right. Now they haven't been able to move the ball. Yeah. Now they're now punching they're it in. <laughs> yeah. Now they're, they're, well, they're punching it during the whole process of the game. But when it's time to go ahead and move the ball and get in right. field goal position, yeah. they haven't been able to get in the field goal. Position. So it's almost like defenses will just stack up on them, make them throw the yeah. ball, and that's yeah. where you're struggling. Yeah. yeah. I think okay. that's the problem. That this is a kind of an unsustainable path to being a 30 point per game uh, kind of team. It's great in this window that they're in, but. Um, I just don't know without becoming a more uh, efficient passing offense if you can sustain that. Tim, thanks for calling, bud. Uh, that, that's the thing. You, York's right. You, if you go back and start tracking not just this year, but if you want the data sample to build and start looking at the offenses that historically, even in the last five years, are very good, you're going to find good quarterback play and teams that can be explosive in the passing game. And if you can't do that in this league, right. it's probably tough to really sustain any sort of long-term offensive success. And your quarterback's developing. So we're still we're, yeah. we're working off that premise. Yeah. The quarterback is developing, and your defense has been non-existent. So. You want to try later in the show? To um, it's like we're slightly stealing something Waddle and Sylvie did yesterday, but I was enjoying the guys the conversation oh, early in their show yesterday. Something after entertaining us. from them. Well, the quarterback Wonderful. draft was fun, and I liked them going back and forth one two three four one two three four picking the quarterbacks. But like, I wouldn't mind having the exercise with you just trying to rank where did he is right Coop, now. Did too. Cooper Rush get drafted? I don't think they ever got to Cooper Rush. Got to Cooper they, Rush. They got to like twenty quarterbacks. I don't think. I think they did five rounds. Well, but I don't where think they did have, Fields go? Like seventh, which. There was one argument I probably would have had. There was one, and we and the Twitter mob will come after us for saying it, but I think we sort of hinted at it on Monday, just in specifically redrafting last year's class. Oh, yeah. I would still take Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. One. And Justin, without question, would be number two. Okay, but and they all, I agree with They you. all agreed that Fields should be higher than Lawrence, and I disagree Oh, boy. Yeah. Is that a learned show? Well, yeah, Tommy I'm, Waddle's a learned football asked, individual. I go, is that a learned football show? Uh, Meller is a That's learned wow. football individual. So did they take wow. all the stats and throw them in the garbage? Listen, I mean, is that uh, what they, they did? I think they were a little afraid of the Twitter mob. Did you they, can't be afraid of the mob, take though. all the stats, all the stuff that you can see with what Jacksonville's been Look, able to do I, this year? I, I think. I know we don't see them a lot up here. We don't. We don't see them a lot, Jacksonville. The milk game doesn't go to Chicago, okay? The milk game goes to just Jayville and maybe like Southern Mobile. Not even the whole city of Mobile, but, Alabama. But there is just red zone. Southern Mobile. There is right? red zone. We see I understand, but not everybody has red zone either. Sometimes the mob can be intimidating. I think, and right now, if I go in Twitch, I promise you, we're getting MF big time. Good. Uh, but Good. we're not afraid of that mob. That's and right. so I would still take Trevor Lawrence. That's ahead. right. Maybe Justin will change my mind by the end of the year. I don't know. They're well, both I mean, still very I young. Mean, there is a chance you could change your mind. Sure. And you know exactly what needs to be done for that mind to be changed. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not, not a problem. This it's is there. A, this is, when you're talking about Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence right now, they've played 20 games. Like, yeah. this isn't written in stone just yet. That's right. It's not. You know what's written in stone? Patrick Mahomes, number one. That's written yeah, in stone. That's, that's stud. You know? The one, Deshaun Watson, we don't know. Is Watson coming back? Is he yes. coming up to the league? Uh, two weeks. Two more weeks. I might have to go the, pick him up in one of my the, fantasy drafts. What I, I did totally agree with the guys if I was listening correctly, and I think I was. Their first four picks, I totally agree with. And they were going off the premise like, 
you want the quarterback for the next five to seven years. I think, if I'm not mistaken, their order went Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow. I totally agree. Totally agree. That's yeah. the four. I mean, I don't think there's much arguing that. That's a good combination. You know, like some people might pack. say Tua, but I still want to see a little bit more out of Tua. Some people might say, I don't know. But, I mean, I think that's the four-pack that I would say, without question, without the a next doubt. four to seven years, without a doubt. that's who you want. And there is no doubt that Patrick Mahomes right, is number one. With that caveat, Brady and Rodgers should not have even been in the conversation, exactly. I hope. Exactly. Sean's in Maywood. What's up, Sean? Sean, what's up? Yeah, how's it going, guys? I got a question, and maybe it kind of contributes with the players that we lost. But I'm trying to figure out, how is it the Bears could be the Hall of Fame coach on the road? But then they come here and, you know what I'm saying, they just lay an egg on. Football's weird, coach Sean. Just, like, <laughs> talking about biting kneecaps and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, like, is it scheme? What, like, what, what is it? Football's weird. Scheme to, you know. Football's weird, Sean. Look, they took advantage of all that extra time they had to prepare for that Monday night game. Remember, they played Thursday night the week before, and then they played Monday night football the following week. That's a huge break. And here's what that little mini buy, and they they took advantage of it, Sean. That's the best answer. And here's what doesn't help. Block punt return for a touchdown. Interception return for a touchdown. Yeah. Okay? That just doesn't help you. Those are possessions that get stolen away from you. Boy, Bears had that game Sunday. Yeah. They had it. They did. They had it. And then now they and just then given just... up a touchdown. The one thing you needed to do Man. was give your defense a chance to go catch a breath and figure out what the hell just happened to them. Oof. And three plays into the damn thing, it's going the other direction for seven. Yeah, it was rough. You were just leading 24-10, and now it's tied. I mean, that's a kick in the nads. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. I mean, you're bent over feeling sick. <laughs> bent over grabbing on. Bloody mercy. It's an awful feeling. Okay, we'll take more Bears calls coming up. So uh, sit tight with us here at 312-332-3776. You can come after us on Twitch, too. Twitch.tv. Join the chat there. Brought to you all this week by DraftKings. And coming up next, Courtney Cronin's got a Bears update uh, live at house. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Carmen and Yurko. Follow at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64 on Twitter. On ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Courtney Cronin in just a minute here. She's got an update from Hallis. Remember, tonight we've got lesson number 14 already. Whiskey U is back. This month's Whiskey U is happening tonight. I'm going to be out in downtown Pallet, uh, downtown Plainfield, excuse me. At Sovereign, going to be there from 6.30 to 8.30. Haven't been there yet. I've heard this place is fantastic and a good space for another one of our lessons. We're going to be drinking Calumet Farm tonight, the 10-year, which is brand new. The 16-year is out. We're going to have some of that. 16-year Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Are you kidding me? And you can sample it and learn about it for free tonight at another whiskey. We'll have some food. We'll have some drinks, some cocktails. It's going to be a fun night, so come by and see me at Sovereign in downtown Plainfield. Tonight, I like right it. there. Sovereign, the yeah, six thirty to eight thirty. So, Saratoga Sovereigns sounds like a uh, nickname for a team. You know, uh, the sixteen year. By the way, the Calumet Farm they named this one in honor of Citation. Oh, they uh, did. World Away is on the fifteen year, and they put Citation, one of their Triple Crown winners. You got a bottle for the, me? Uh, we can probably score you a bottle. I score really me a bottle. We what know do you some think? people. You're you know a couple people. Maybe it is. I I did it for Whiskey Wednesday. There's a review on my Instagram. If you go to uh, my Instagram uh, at Carmen DeFalco five, that's the number five. I did a nice lengthy review talking about it, and it is good. If you like those oak bombs, it is. Oh, boy. I'm, a, I'm an oak bomber. You know I am. Good. Yeah. It is a winter sipper. A winter friend. sipper? Yes. yes. I like that. What's the proof? 
Uh, it is 106. Sit Ooh, by the okay. fire, read yeah. a good book, and just sure. enjoy uh, a little dram. A couple I, fingers of uh, Calumet fashions tea. yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, On yeah. A Tuesday. I Tasty love it. Tasty. Get nuts. With All some right. scallops. Wow. Yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> What do you think about that? You make all this, or did you go somewhere? Yeah, I went, went somewhere. someplace. Let's bring in Courtney Cronin. She joins us every Wednesday with an update. Uh, we are looking ahead at the Week 11 matchup here with the Bears going down to Atlanta. Courtney is brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades. I guess we should start with some of the injuries. You know, Jenkins popping up on the injury report late last week, not playing. Now the Khalil Herbert thing. He's got an injury that forced him to go on IR. They lose one of their more explosive playmakers. I wish they'd use him more, but... Uh, injuries this time of year start to mount. They've been a relatively healthy team, but uh, is it catching up to them a little bit here, Courtney? Yeah, and obviously the Herbert one is the big news, and it's yeah. going to test what's the number one rushing offense in the NFL. Of course, that's been aided the last four weeks by Justin Fields and his legs, and that's something you got to keep an eye on, too. That was a topic of conversation today coming off of when he said that his legs felt heavy, that it wasn't the hits he took against Detroit. I mean, he did take hits. Like, he, you know, cut his head open or yeah. cut, his, cut the back of his ear open on that fourth down sack. But, you know, it's it's going to be a, a management, a load management sort of thing for Fields uh, to make sure that he can kind of stay fresh with that, you know, lightening some of his load during the week because they're going to be asking him to run. Um, but as it pertains to Herbert, you know, Matty Versluis did seem pretty optimistic that he could come back at some point this season. He has to stay off for four games. So it's the next three, they have the bye week, and then it's week 15. I think he can come back for week 15, uh, which is, you know, they're at home. And I, that's Philadelphia when they come to town. So that would be, be good. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for a team that, while they're not going to say it outwardly, they need to start thinking about 2023 just with some of the players they want to get an evaluation on. And when you have a six-round rookie who's played, you know, a little bit here and there, hasn't doesn't have over 100 yards on the season, uh, now's the time to, to operate there. So I'll be really curious to see what that workload looks like. I asked Matt Eberflus just about balancing that when – you had Khalil Herbert, who was handling kickoff return. That's actually where he got hurt mm-hmm. against the in the Detroit game. And you also had him as you know splitting splitting carries with David Montgomery. Like, do you go ahead and give that huge load to a rookie like Tristan Ebner, or do you try to bring your guy Valus Jones in here, Carm? Like, maybe yeah. this is the opportunity oh, boy. for him to get back onto uh, the active the game day roster because. It, Maybe you don't. And Eberflus, that he didn't. He you know pointed out that's you know that's something that they're working through right now. They're trying to figure out how much of a workload can you give a rookie while, while trying to get a fair evaluation of him. How much is too much? How much is not enough? Um, so that's something to keep an eye on this week because maybe it's Bayless's chance to actually get to play in a game. Uh, that's uh, that's an interesting call on that, and maybe that gets him back in the good graces. Uh, I think there's a there's some worrisome signs when your third round pick can't be active, and it's not like this is a deep receiving core. The the, the way they've used the receivers, uh, and I heard you talking a little bit with Waddle and Sylvie about it yesterday. It's some somewhat of a head scratcher. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Pringle signed a one year deal. I mean, I, I'm not sure the the. If I'm buying that, well, Pringle's back. We got to elevate him and make sure we get him the ball. Uh, Equimania St. Brown is no doubt an outstanding blocker, no doubt about it. But <laughs> I, I, what are they evaluating here exactly? Like, why are Chase Claypool's snaps going down? Why is Nikhil Harry not active? Like, what what are they evaluating, Courtney? Yeah, and I know that you know the Claypool thing. 
because he did play a considerable amount week one or week one, his first week here against Miami, and then it went down last week. You know, the the reasoning after the game was that, oh, he might have been the primary on this play, he might have been the secondary, yeah. and he was covered differently. I think Fields shed, shed a good light on it today. They have a very complicated route tree, and that's not something that you can just kind of pick up right away. Of course, you know, like, the basic route tree, but there's a lot of intricacies and details that takes time to learn. And, I mean, we can see it with someone like Valus Jones. It, you know, it, it took him a long time, and he had been here since May. To expect that Chase Claypool, and I'm not saying like he should have been on the field. He ran six routes. Like that was that, that's not a lot. He played 19 snaps last week. He needs to do more than that. But to anticipate that it's going to be a finished product, I think is you know, putting a little bit too much of the cart before the horse. And so I remember saying it when the day you know he got here that if he you know if he played right away against Miami, like wait until like week 11, week 12 to see mm. how up to speed he's is going to be because that's kind of their mo working guys in, giving them limited workloads until they're ready to take those training wheels off. But it's not a great it's not a great look when a guy that you traded a second round pick for, somebody that you traded a seventh round pick for and Nikhil Harry, um, you know, you paid Byron Pringle a couple million bucks to be here for a year and he, you know, has one catch for twelve yards. Like what are you evaluating? Yeah. Because especially someone like Claypool who very well could be your leading receiver next year in that room along with Mooney, like you gotta be able to get them a bigger workload to see what you're actually working with. Um, hopefully the relationship between Tevin Jenkins and the Chicago Bears is a good one now. Have these guys found a way to appreciate each other and is he gonna be okay for this weekend? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see because he they're practicing they're gonna go stretch indoors and then they're going to go practice outdoors. Mm, I don't really surprised. understand the logic behind that because they're playing in a dome I, this weekend. I don't get that at me. all. That's weird. I, yeah, I wouldn't you know, be outdoors I at mean, all. sometimes we did this in Minnesota all the time because, you know, it's like the Arctic Circle up there, so it's always cold. <laughs> they would practice indoors and leave the doors, like the in like the garage doors to the practice facility open. And so whenever they could, they wanted to get them off the turf. Like the Bears don't really have that problem. They play on grass a lot, so it's not – you know, the turf and, and soft tissue injuries, that's not a huge concern here. I don't know why they're not practicing indoors. That's I think it's weird. just, um, it's weird. It's weird. And it's um, annoying for beat writers who like to complain about the weather, much like myself. Mm-hmm. But um, with uh, with Tevin, like, I mean, that was a, that was a weird injury because it popped up Thursday of right. last week. And then he didn't practice or he was limited and then he was questionable and he didn't play. You know, I think... For somebody who's had back injuries dating back to the time that he was drafted and had to have surgery and it kind of derailed things for him, or at least like didn't get him off on the right start, that's probably something that you want to monitor to make sure. But it, you know, at coming off of today, we'll see, does he practice? Does Jalen Johnson practice in full capacity? Because he was dealing with the oblique injury last week, but he still played through it. Like, Are these going to be pain tolerance things? Or are they going to be... Uh, something that's going to hold these guys back because you're right. Like we're at week 11. This is when injuries start to mount up for a lot of teams and the bears have been relatively healthy up until this point. Have they found a way to appreciate each other? Cause he's a pretty damn good player. You know, he is. And I, and I, you couldn't have asked for a better turnaround mm. story. Like right. uh, so, for this thing to work out the way that it did in, at a point where we all thought it was going to go end up with you know scorched earth like early on when they were you know fielding calls like from teams like they weren't actively you know from everybody I spoke with like they were fielding calls they were listening uh, you know shopping him I think that you're going to get a difference in opinion and who you ask about that 
But he he heard all that stuff. I remember he was not holding back when he talked to us about how it made him feel and you know how how he wasn't sure what his future was going to be. It feels like his future is going to be with the Chicago Bears because they found somebody at right guard, and and just like just how well that worked out when it could have gone so south. And to find an option there who not only helps you as a run blocker, but has been pretty good in pass protection for a position he's never played before, I don't see how they can do anything but appreciate that. Uh, how do they walk the fine line here of you, know, you want to build a little confidence, you do want to win some games, you want your players to feel good about themselves, obviously. Uh, but at the same time, big picture organizationally, picking in the top 10 is not the worst thing, especially when they're not QB hunting. Like, it's almost like you couldn't ask to be in a better spot. They probably aren't going to be QB hunting in in April, Courtney. So how do they sort of navigate these last seven games where you, you want to do a little of both? You want to be mindful of your future, but you want to get these guys some confidence and win some games. They have a very winnable game again here in Week 11, obviously. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, this is a team that looks eerily similar from the style of the offense, the fact that Atlanta doesn't have a pass rush. So this is a good yeah. chance to go get a win. But, you know... And Matt Eberflus was asked about this at the end of his availability today. Like, how do you, is, is there going to be a time where you maybe sit a veteran player in favor of a younger player later in the year just to be able to get guys experience? They're not going to say that outwardly. They never will. Mm-hmm. But you can see it within the action, see who's active, see who's not, see what the snap counts are, and then we'll be able to tell. I mean, I anticipate that happening. It has to happen. I mean, there's a you know, Khalil Herbert injury sucks for him. I mean, it's, it's you know, a hip injury when he was leading the league in six yards per carry, but it's a fantastic opportunity now for, you know, the silver lining sort of for this franchise to figure, Hey, can we get a good look at trust and Ebner figure whether Khalil Herbert and trust and Ebner are the new Montgomery and Herbert next year, if they decide they want to let Montgomery walk, which I I tend to think they will. Mm. So it's, it's a fine line to walk because you like the thing with the Detroit game. And I know that some people look at this and say, well, no matter what, they have their quarterback. It's nothing to be upset about. Um, the future tomorrow or next year is bright. But you can't give up 14 points in the fourth quarter to the Lions at home and lose that game and feel good about it. Like, that's a winnable game. And, and there is something to be said about the short term and the long term. Yeah. you got to learn how to win. Like you got to learn how to pull out close games. you got to learn how to have a two-minute offense at the end of games, not just at the end of the first half but one that can, can that can operate and, and can get you back in games. Like I, Giving Justin Fields the opportunity to lead a game-winning drive, I cannot tell you how much confidence that would give this offense. It would give any offense in the NFL with a young quarterback to show, hey, I did this. Like That stuff's important. I don't think that that should be lost within the mix of where they want to be drafting just in terms of the, the if they want to trade back, that'd be great positioning for them to be in the top 10 because there will be quarterback needy teams. Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot to balance, but in the end, if it's a winnable game, I mean, you've got to go down to Atlanta and put up, you know, a fight the way that you did against Detroit. But if you have the opportunity to close them out, you close them out. I think that's well said. Yurko was making that point on Monday too. Get your quarterback, your young quarterback, a little confidence and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so he yep. knows to inside. Yeah, so he feels oh, what I, it's like I, to win. I can do it. I yeah. know I can do it. I can lead a game-winning drive. Yeah, for sure. Courtney, great stuff as always. Thanks. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Take care. So, yeah, there's Courtney Cronin. Follow her on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin. Read her great stuff at ESPN NFL Nation on ESPN.com. And she's brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades. We'll be right back. 
Did you miss some Carmen and Yurko? You don't have to miss anything. Podcasts are ready on the ESPN Chicago app. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Carmen and Yurko show. My guy Carmen had to go out and get a sip of water, but he's back now. Looking mightily resplendent with that lavender shirt on. Well, uh, I need some stripes on it, too. I see some pinstripes on that bed. I needed a nice outfit for Whiskey U tonight. Yeah, well. Professors. I'm thinking about coming out. Really? Well, only because we're going to be in the western suburbs, you and I. Yes. Probably may not get out there until 5 o'clock. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe 4 o'clock, 4.30. Do I go two hours home or do I just go down to Plainfield? You want to just go to Plainfield together? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Not together. I mean, I'm in my own car. You got your car. but We can gather, have a pregame cocktail. Right, have a pregame cocktail. Maybe pick up my bottle of 16 right there. Who do I got to kill? I I I mean, uh, who do I have to convince? I'm sorry. I love pregame cocktailing with Yurko. Before an event, uh, anytime. Oh, yeah. So I'm up. For, I'm up for that. If you want to do that, you know the dilemma is you can only maybe have one. You couldn't really have more than two. Yeah. If you're making the long drive down eighty, trying to come home because you got to drive home. Oh yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, even, even you got to be even careful. one for some lightweights is very risky. You're not a lightweight. You're a big yeah. well, beefy burly individual. Theoretically, but alcohol hits the system the way it hits the system, car. That's true. I hope everyone has taken an opportunity to check out Crosstalk Unhinged because this week's pod was spectacular. So good feedback rolling in on social media. And uh, even even Zetterman, who's a tough critic, said, uh, well done. I mean, he came in with like a round of applause. Uh, for those who haven't listened yet, uh, any topics you guys cover? Wow. Uh, All yeah. types. Um, Maybe three topics three. you could give us. That, uh, Waddle uh, could, and Sylvie uh, wanted to. Uh, some, somehow Yurko had Waddle and Sylvie becoming the Wiener Kings of Chicago. Wiener Kings of Chicago. Okay, talking maybe, hot dogs. Maybe okay. some other fluid that they maybe could. Uh, Mustard, ketchup. Some, something, yeah, that Sylvie, something, similar. something that Sylvie could brand because he's an expert right. in it. Uh, that uh, for, that, that men can become, use that he could become an expert in right yes yeah. that men can use to help uh, satisfy themselves yeah oh uh, and then Yurko just uh, I mean just I came out of left field loose. I mean he what was, a suggestion the expression when they're talking about tasting coffee or pizza or becoming oh, that's the experts about. in the regard I I oh. threw a suggestion out there from left field what was impressive to me was that he's uh. Well, not only your suggestion, but what you admitted you did yesterday. I was very in. Oh yeah, twice. I, 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 twice. I mean, he's and he's a fifty-five-year-old guy. I'm very impressed. Couple I'm workouts not, there. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's all not, part of my flexibility training, guys. I, I love Yurko, but it's not surprising that he comes in as tired as he is some days. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true because theoretically the testosterone replacement low T is what's really working well for you there. I was very impressed. I'm not going to lie. I was like, wow, really? There's a whole book on that, by the way. Twice. That subject and competition and the relationship between the two. I thought they used to say, but they say don't do it. That was women That's, weak in legs. Yeah, right. that was the old before a game or a race that yeah. you, uh, don't, you don't. Right. Yeah. Well, but, Jake LaMotta, right in Raging Bull. Doesn't Jake LaMotta say you can't? Don't touch me. There touch me. have been studies out there. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I read a book and it's got a bunch, it cites a bunch of different testing materials. Really? Talking about the effects or the non effects of that type of activity before you participate in competition. So it's potentially good? That's what you're saying? I'm just saying there's a whole book out on it that you can read. What's the book? Sports Science. Yeah, some sort of sports science book that's out there. Do you know the name of the book? This is not not the Sun-Times. I'm sort of interested. Not a pamphlet. Yurk knows knows what it's all about. 
Clear Eyes, Full Heart. Clear Eyes, Full Heart. Can't I, lose. I, that's, that should be the name of the book. Clear, clear, pi- clear Pipes, Full Heart. Clear something, right? That's right? I would love to read this book. But anyway, check out Unhinged What's on the ESPN Chicago app. Relationship between competition. <laughs> I think we'd have to move up our daily meeting. And make it make a whooping. Might have to. George is in uh, River Grove on ESPN 1000 talking bears. What's up, George? George, are you there? George? Hello, George. This is Ground Control calling Major George. Ground George going once. To Major Tom. George going twice. George is no longer I'll put with him back us. on hold to see. Now we got another George yeah. calling on another line. I don't uh, think it's the George. same guy. George, is the same guy? He may have put himself on hold and didn't I don't even know, know maybe it. Maybe he did. I don't know. He's I'll, gone now. I'll try again. Hold on. George. George, are you there? I'm there. Hey, what's right. up, buddy? Well, uh, you got an hour? He's, he's got the radio in the George, background. you got to make sure the radio's turned down. Yeah, turn the radio down just you while you're on. That's oh, all. I'm, I'm in a room where there's another radio playing. Oh, oh and the radio. Listening to two radio hey, shows at the same time. Go over there and turn it to ESPN 1000. That's right. Is Roy Orbison singing for the lonely? Hey, that's me, and I want you only. The radio you know, playing is George, in that. What would you like to talk about, buddy? I'll, well, I look at this team and I watch other games, and I say to myself, "This team is no better, no worse than twenty other teams. Hmm. They can pass for sixty yards. They can run for sixty yards on a play. They can throw for sixty yards. They can score a sixty-yard play. You know, they're in the ball game." They're no better or worse than any other team. So now you go to the coaching and you say to yourself, at the most critical moment in the game, when you need to pick a good play, you need to come up with a good play, the coaches crap out. Hmm. They could have won, instead of being three and seven, they could be seven and three, as bad as they are. And out of one side of your mouth, you tell me that the, the line is terrible. And out of the other side of your mouth, you say that they're the best rushing team in the league. You can't have it both ways. Well, well, sure you can. Yeah, and not only that, but you got to dissect that out. Anytime I talk about rushing teams, I talk about running backs only and not quarterbacks. And running backs so are... If your quarterback uh, is your number one rusher on the team, sometimes that's designed run, but most of the time what? it's scramble. But run blocking and pass blocking are two different things, George. What's, what's wrong with that? Here's the thing that killed me. They get down on the one-foot line, and they, they put every player in, in a space where you could cover them with a horse blanket, okay? And then they try to go right up the middle. That's yeah. insanity. It doesn't work. Yeah, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to spread people out, and then I'm going to try to go ahead and increase them like that. Well, I, is there another specific play you're thinking of that really annoyed you, like from Sunday? First of all, they've been much more efficient in the red zone, so you got to give them credit for that. They broke some tendency. They've been a little bit more dynamic in the red zone. Well, I, what specifically stands out, George, from uh, the play calling? Okay. It, it's the most critical moment. I can't remember the game. It's the most critical moment uh, of the game. It's the fourth down. You walk up to the line of scrimmage. Everyone looks at each other like they just got off the boat from Mars. What, what am I doing here? What well, am I, doing? I don't know. I don't know. I, and listen, George, thank you. Uh, and there were some moments early in the season where, yeah, you could have questioned a few things. I think Getsy did well with the mini-buy that they did have. I think their play calling has been a little bit better. I think they have broke tendency a little bit more. Are they still predictable? Yeah, they run the ball a lot. They don't have a lot of weapons. They do a lot of design run stuff with Justin, which has helped them, but they run a lot on first down. They run a lot, you know, and, and to me, your, your best offenses don't run it a lot on first down, believe it or not. They throw it a lot. They just do, because throwing is going to net you more yards on average 
than running. Especially on first and ten out of regular personnel. Yeah. I mean, there's yes. a little more nuance to it. you got to give me the personnel that it's going to come out of. Because if you if it's first and ten, you're in regular, most of the time it's 75% run. 75 to 80% run that you're going to go ahead and do it. Two out of ten, two and a half out of ten, you're going to do it. Now, if you start doing it seven out of ten times, now you're reversing that trend out of regular personnel. If you come out on first and ten and you got three wides... Well, I'm already sneaking. You're, you're running. You're running me. Seventy percent. You're going to throw the ball. Thirty percent. You're going to run the ball. Right. And those statistics go on throughout everywhere where you can take a look at it. You come out on first and ten. You're in four wides. Well, yeah. You know, it's ninety ninety five percent pass. Of course. Five, you know, five percent run. I mean, that's it. There's the more. Team, it's a little more nuanced. That's all I'm trying to say. No, no, and that's fine. I mean, uh, teams that that do throw the ball a little bit more, though, out of various personnel groupings. Do early on early downs tend to be the more efficient offenses. Yeah. They just do, and I think the Bears have tried to break a few of those tendencies. They're just not a very dynamic offense yet. Even though Justin is a dynamic player, make no mistake. We'll continue the conversation on the other side of the break. Three one two three three two ESPN. We're back in two minutes.